Is everyone okay? Wow. Is everyone okay? Is everyone awake? Yes, last night. So here's the problem. This little topic that we're going to talk about, I say that word funny too. So can we put the word up? So you said power. Power. So we say, we do, see, we don't use as many syllables. That's our problem. So I say, we would say par. Par. As, which is funny because there's like songs in church and you really notice it. It's like, there's par, par, wonder work in par. And you just notice it in those, like, it's like golf. So, uh, but we're going to talk about power. Power. Is that right? No? Uh, well, let's talk. I'm not going to say it anymore. Well, I might, but I'm going to say par so you know what it is. I got a, you seen a photo of it a, the other day. I got married in 2016. 16, 8, 16. That was really, we didn't plan that, but it was really nice, like 16, 8, 16. But we got married. And do you know, for me, I did the whole, like, I went to her, I called her dad one day, and I was like, hey, do you want to go for breakfast? And he knew, and he's like, oh, what for? What do you want to go for breakfast for? And I was like, ah, you know, it's morning time. We need breakfast. Um, <laughs> let's go see. And he's like, well, just come to our house. And I was like, no, no, no. Let's go out for a fry. I'll buy, I'll, I'll buy it. Uh, and he's okay, okay, cool. And so we sat down, and he just didn't talk, just looked at me. And then we had the conversation, and I said, so I'm thinking about asking Lauren to marry me. What do you think? And he said, how much is it going to cost? I said, what do you mean? He said, how much is it going to cost? And he starts talking about the prices of weddings, and we went through it, and then we talked for like, 90 minutes, and then at the end, I was like, so is, like, is this a yes, or is this a no, or can we do it? And that, I thought that was going to be the most stressful part of the process, but then we had, like, Lauren stressing a little bit about, Lauren stressing a little bit about the dresses, and is it going to come on time, and is it going to fit, and all of that, and I thought that was going to be the most stressful bit, but do you know what I found was the most stressful bit for me? And it's because me and Lauren are just different in how we think about things. The most stressful bit for me was the invites. The invites. Because I had this like wrestle where I'm like, let's just invite everybody. And then realize that that's really expensive. And then I was, Lauren was like, oh, okay, let's invite this person. And I was like, we don't even know them. Like, what are we doing? Like, uh, why would we invite that person? We, we haven't seen them in two years. We won't see them again in our whole lives. And no, we will, we will. We're good friends. And sometimes I just like to remind her that even some of her bridesmaids she hasn't seen since that day. But we, uh, we did it. But here I was ruthless. Like, I was like, so when was the last time I seen that cousin? Mm, nah, don't bring them. And I was like, what about my mom's going, what about your uncle? What about him? I haven't seen him in a long time, he hasn't, I haven't seen him in years, and so I was really ruthless, and like, then her parents are like, dead nice, and they're like, oh, can we bring like, the next door neighbor from the next street, I'm like, <laughs> what's their name, and then I gave my mom, like, a couple of, uh, like, just trying to, like, keep everybody sweet, like, okay, you can bring some of your friends to the night, dude. we had this, like, big barbecue, and I was like, what's this, gonna cost me, like, two quid for another burger, so, a couple of burgers, so let's just bring whoever, 
And then I went and did a, my mom phoned me one day and said, will you go pick up a, a bed from me from my friend's house? And I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Drove the car out, the bed was there, put it into the car. And the woman says to me, like I'd never seen this woman in my life, and the woman says to me, your wedding was really lovely. I went, did you see the photos? She went, oh, no, no, I was there. I went, what do you mean you were there? She was like, I was there. It was really lovely. Your mum invited me. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling bad because this stranger I've never seen has been at my wedding, and then all of my cousins weren't, <laughs> and half my family weren't there, and some of them still haven't really got over it, but hey, we'll send them some photos. But the invites was like the most stressful thing for me. I was like, oh, what are we going to do? Who are we going to cut? We had like 150 people was like the capacity that the place could hold, and, and I was like, oh, trying to be ruthless. And I felt really bad for someone one day. We were out shopping and I bumped into someone and they were having a really hard time. And I was like, what are you doing next Thursday? And they're like, oh, nothing. I was like, you should come to my wedding. Yeah. And Lauren's like squeezing my hand going, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, just come to the wedding. And then forgot that I invited them. And then they showed up on the day and they're like, oh, yeah, we can't see our name on the table list. I was like, oh, must have forgot. No, we'll work it out. The wind must have blew them away. And they... But it was really stressful. Like, it was really hard work. It was this invitation because I actually just wanted, like, it's really important to me that I was trying to, like, get the people that were closest to us to us and try to bring them a little bit closer to us and try to enjoy that time together and enjoy that day together and enjoy all of that. These invitations. And I'm absolutely convinced that Christianity is just this series of invitations that you'll get. And these series of invitations that Jesus sends to us and gives to us, and these invitations all of the time, that he, we get invited right into the presence of God, and we all get invited. And there's lots of invitations, and I have found that I don't get the next one usually until I embrace the one that I've got, until I answer about the one that I've got. I, and sometimes I'm thinking way down the line, I want, Jesus to, I want Jesus to use me to change the world, but he's just give me the invitation to talk to my friend about him. And so what am I going to do about that? And so what am I going to do in the process of all of these invitations? You've got this invitation. If you're a Christian in here, Jesus gave you an invitation to follow him. And you said yes. And it was a great decision to follow him. It was an incredible decision that you made to follow him. If you aren't a Christian in here, there is an invitation for you tonight to follow him. And it would be the best decision that you would ever make. I promise you it's the best party I've ever been to is following Jesus. And so there's all of these, there's all of these invitations. But I'm really grateful that it wasn't like, hey, why don't you give your life to me? And then I'll just see you at the end. <laughs> like the creakiest door is like a horror movie. So I'm really thankful that the invitation wasn't like, hey, give your life to me. I'll see you in heaven. But actually, my life has been a series of invitations from God. It's been this series of invitations where he invites us deeper and into him. We get this invitation. And tonight, we want to talk to you about the invitation that you have got tonight. There's an invitation for you. And this invitation is that you would carry God. You would carry God and you would carry him well, that we would carry the Holy Spirit. There's this invitation to encounter him in these incredible ways that would just revolutionize our lives. I, I, I've said it like twice already, so I may as well keep going. This, like, it's the encounters that I remember, those in, how I respond to these invitations to encounter him are the things that I remember. Those are the moments that change our lives. I want to talk to you about 
invitation real quick and about what it looks like to carry power, power, power. What it looks like to carry that and what it looks like to walk in that and what does that mean for us and what does it look like to carry the Holy Spirit. And I want us to take a look. There should be a verse that should come up on the screen. This is Jesus talking. He's talking to his disciples. His ministry is about to end. He, on earth, like his ministry is still going today, but on earth at that time as a physical being, he was about to be crucified. He was about to go through that whole process. And he says this to his disciples. But in fact, it is better for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. Now that's, we read that, so that's a nice verse. But I want us to think, I want us to think about what's actually being said here. Jesus is looking at his disciples. Jesus has been walking amongst people. Jesus has been in the middle of these guys. He has been part of their crew. He has been there with them and they've been journeying together for like three years. They have stood there and they have watched as he put his hands on sick people and they got better. He, they have stood as he stood with a packed lunch and he prayed for it and he fed 5,000 people. They were there. They were there whenever they, he stood outside a grave of Lazarus and he shouted Lazarus's name and Lazarus came out. They were there for all of that. They were in the middle of it. He invited them to be part of some of those miracles. But now he's looking at them and he's saying, do you know what's better for you if I leave? And the first time I read it, I thought, what is better? Like, what could possibly be better than Jesus in the flesh with me? What could possibly be better than walking with Jesus in the flesh? Sometimes in our lives, sometimes when I'm praying, I just think, I wish Jesus was just here in the flesh. I wish that he could just be here right now. What could be better than Jesus in the flesh? Do you know the only thing better than that? Would be the Spirit of God in all flesh. The Spirit of God in all flesh. The Holy Spirit inside everybody. He was inviting them to this moment in history when he was going to pour out the Holy Spirit. And that not just, he wouldn't be the only one that could minister like that. He wouldn't be the only one that could do that. But he was going to allow all of his believers to play a part in the story of God all across the world. He's going to send the Holy Spirit. And I don't know what it's like whenever we talk about it. See, people in Ireland, they're just like uptight about everything. And they just want to fight about everything. And so anything you say, it's like, oh, what did you mean? Why did you do that? You're a heretic. You are a false god. Anyway, they, I've heard some things. And uh, so sometimes we talk about the Holy Spirit. People just turn off and they go, nope. Because the problem has been that there's been some things that are a little bit odd. And some people have done some things and said it was him and it wasn't him. And so they get a little bit worked up about some things. And it's like, that's strange. And sometimes we've heard like old school People used to say the Holy Ghost. You used to go, ooh, right? Like, but it's it's the Spirit, it's God. It's his part. The Holy Spirit is as much God as Jesus is and the Father is. It's He's God. And He was about to show up. I had a friend, and he he looked at all of the crazy around some of that stuff, and then he decided I'm never gonna be that. And so he just like swung to the other side of the pendulum and he didn't want to know anything about the Holy Spirit. He didn't want to talk about the Holy Spirit. He didn't want to embrace the Holy Spirit. Didn't want to know anything about it. Didn't want to see people prophesy. Didn't want to hear people speak in tongues. Didn't want to know any of that stuff. 
and he's away. So instead, he didn't want to be up here with these guys, so he swung the pendulum the whole way to the other side, and we just had to have a conversation. And I said, neither of those are biblical. Neither of those are who God is. And so you're as wrong as all those guys are wrong. And so we need to find the truth of who he is, and he is God. And so we want to talk about what that means tonight, that God would live inside of us and that we could carry him. Because we really need him. You really do need him. Maybe you don't think you do. Maybe you feel like you're doing just okay on your own. But I promise you, you really need him. Jesus promised us in the Bible that, that he would give us life in abundance. And I'm convinced that this relationship that we would have with the Holy Spirit is part of that journey of life in abundance. That we get to walk with God and talk with God and be with God and communicate with God and be part of his plan in our families and in our schools and in our, where we work and in our towns. We get to do that journey with God. You might get to heaven and never really embrace the Holy Spirit. But I would like to, I would, I guess I would say that if you want to actually really be effective for God in this earth and in your time on this earth, that you should embrace him and you should learn to work with him and try to understand him because I really need him and you really need him. Aside from the fact that in my life I've known the moments when I've really needed to know him, there's some stuff um, there's some stories and there's some things, there's some verses we want to look at. We're going to look at a couple of different verses. We're going to look at some more verses in and around whenever Jesus was about to leave uh, earth and about to ascend into heaven and he was going to send the Holy Spirit. And whenever someone is leaving you, some of the last words they say are really important. Whenever someone's going to leave you, some of the last words, because that's what you'll remember, the last, you remember someone's first words and their last words. And so the last words. And so Jesus is speaking to these men and women, and he's saying some stuff, and these are some of the last words. These are some of the last times Jesus would communicate in the flesh to people, and here's what he said. In Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, so therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey, talked about that this morning, all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. We should probably think about that more than we do, because this is what Jesus is like giving us. Hey, I'm about to leave, but you see when I do, this is what I want you to do. Go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teach those new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And so Jesus gives this to them, and he's like, here's your job. But then he says something else in the book of Acts 1, 48. He says, once he was eating with them, and he commands them. So this has happened after he has told them, your job is to go and to make disciples of all nations. It's kind of like, that was like before, there was like cars and buses and planes and boats. Uh, there was boats, but they were like, wouldn't and you might not get there but it was it was before all of that and so if you're going to get to the nations you probably need to go soon and so you can't just jump on a flight and go somewhere that you have to go soon but then they're eating just after that and Jesus commands them don't leave Jerusalem until the father sends you the gift he promised as I told you before because John baptized with water but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit down to verse 8 it says but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, 
in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Nearly seems like conflicting agnostic. Keys guy to come up or whoever's coming up to come on up. It almost seems conflicting. It almost seems like, so the first statement is Jesus says go. And the second statement Jesus says, don't go. Like, Jesus, what are you doing? Like, make your mind up. Like, you're, like, you want, you're like, in, out, in, out. Shake it all over. Oh, all right, sorry, guys. Just me and Laura. It's like, go, 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 go. And actually, remember, like, these guys have hung around Jesus for three years. They have watched. They have seen. They have, un- like, They've stood there as this lunch fed everyone. They have stood there as dead people came back to life. They have stood there as bodies got healed. They have stood there and they have watched it and they have participated in it. And I, if it was me, I would be like ready to, it's almost like the best ever pep talk there ever was those three years. And I would be like, Jesus is like, go make disciples of all nations. And I'd be like, yes, let's go. Let's go. And, let's, and I'm like straight out, almost out the door straight away. Let's go make disciples of all nations. And I'm actually like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And Jesus then goes, actually, no. Just wait a moment. Just wait a moment. What do you mean? Nations aren't going to disciple themselves. People aren't going to find out about Jesus if I just stay here. What do you mean go or not? What do you mean stay when you want me to go? I, I don't get it. But there's something we forget about God sometimes. That he actually knows more than we do. And he knows more than I know and he knows more than you know. And Jesus knew that sometimes knowledge isn't enough to get you somewhere. Jesus knew that sometimes even experience isn't enough to get you somewhere. He knew that they had all of the head knowledge and they understood it all and they had seen some things, they had some experiences. But he also knew that sometimes their feelings and their fears and their insecurities and all of that stuff would take over. They needed something that would get them somewhere and it's God that gets us somewhere it would move them along I don't know if any of you are learning to drive anyone some people learning to drive you can pass your theory test you can read all the books you'll pass that theory test you'll do the lessons you'll pass your driver's test and you can have all of that you can get the new car you can have everything but if there's no fuel in the tank doesn't matter what you know doesn't matter what you've seen doesn't matter what qualifications you've got you're not going anywhere see I can know everything about God well I probably I can't but I can try I can know things I can have seen things I can have even experience some things but without the power that would push that out of me then I'll never go anywhere they needed the power of God and we preach lots I preach lots about the fact that Jesus is really interested in you and in me as individuals he's interested in you if you're sitting in here he's really interested in you and we should keep preaching that 
But I feel like we don't balance it enough with the fact that Jesus is actually interested in everybody else as well. He's not just interested in me. Like the Bible says lots, it tells me that, that he sings over me. It tells me lots of things about how much he loves me. And, but it's the same for everybody else too. He loves lots of people. He loves everybody. He really loves everyone else. And without the Holy Spirit, we would just keep it all to ourselves. We'd keep all our head knowledge. We'd keep all of our experiences. We'd keep it all to ourselves. And there's people all around the world that still need to hear. There's people all around the world that still need to know. You might mention it to your friends. You might mention it to your family. But hey, you're not going to mention it to the ends of the earth. We're not going to do anything of significance with it because it's only knowledge. Without the power to drive it somewhere, then what's the point? See, your encounter with Jesus changed, changed your life. If you're a Christian in here, your encounter with Jesus changed your life. That moment when you encountered him and you said you'd follow him, it changed your life. Transformed your life. It, my moment, my encounter with Jesus transformed my life. But see, my encounters with the Holy Spirit, they start to change people around me, other people's lives. And so my encounter with Jesus coupled with my encounter with the Holy Spirit and my encounters with the Holy Spirit, they start to change the world because he, he gives us the power that we need to carry this message out around us. He, he, he helps us just set the fear aside and to step out and to do something. He helps us to, he, he puts burdens on our hearts and sometimes when we carry the presence of God in such a way that we just start to feel what he feels and we start to see what he sees and our hearts start to break for people around us and when our hearts start to break then we can't keep it to ourselves anymore because we look at someone and they're hurting and they're broken and we know that Jesus is the answer to that and I'm carrying the power of God and we could do something about it. We couple our, our experience of Jesus with our experience with the Holy Spirit and we could change the world. But too many of us are just going to settle with our experience of Jesus. And we're singing songs and like, it's a great song. Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. See you, filled with the Holy Spirit, you make the darkness tremble. You make the darkness tremble. And I want to be part of what God's doing all around the world see we're naturally selfish we are but the Holy Spirit's naturally generous and so we need him we're naturally fearful it's who we are but he's naturally brave it's who he is we'd settle for just us knowing on our closest people but he wants the world to know and so the Holy Spirit is what gets it out of the room and into the world. I've had conversations with people that tell me, do you know, I don't need it. I don't need them. They're saved. They're going to heaven. But they're just going to live the next few years of their lives just surviving. Just surviving. It's like, I'm convinced. Shoot me if you want, but it's, I'm convinced it's like a mediocre Christianity. And that's not what Jesus had for us. He wants to give us life abundant, life in its fullness. And so they'll get to heaven, but they've just survived their way there. And 
I'm not the guy that wants to survive anything. I want to thrive. I want to live my best life. I want to I want to stand up. I want to see the world changed. I want to see my friends saved. I want to see nations come to Christ. I want to see that statistic flipped. I want to stand in the middle of an unreached people group called Ireland and see the whole see the whole island transformed and turned upside down. I would love it if Ireland was just all of a sudden known as a Christian nation again, but not because the government said it, but because there was Christians that just grabbed hold of the Holy Spirit and the power of God and stepped out into the darkness and made the darkness tremble and pushed back the darkness and pushed it right back off an island. And I think it could happen. And I think it could happen in England too, because I've read my Bible and I've seen that nations are changed by young people, usually young people. Now the disciples were all young. There was one of them as far as we know, was over the age of 21, but the rest of them are young people. They're teenagers, and they carry the presence and the power of God, and they turn nations upside down. They transform countries. They transform the known world. They spoke to kings about Jesus and seen the king give his heart to Jesus. They did it. And we're still here today, 2,000 years later, because some young people grabbed hold of the fact that they could carry the presence and the power of God and that everything would change. There's a guy in the Bible called Peter. I don't know if you know anything about Peter, but Peter was like the big mouth of the group. Peter like was just like opening his mouth to put his foot in it. And he was just, I think he was just excitable. Like, but there's this moment where they come in to like arrest Jesus. And Peter's like, I'll die for you, Jesus. And then he like gets a sword out. And he chops someone's ear off. And he's, he's just like, just a nut. I think he's the kind of guy you'd like to have as your friend because you just like laugh and go, <laughs> look at him. But the, he was there, all right? He's chopping ears off. Like either that was a bad shot or a good shot, I don't know. And he's there, I'll fight for you, Jesus. I'll fight to the death for you, Jesus. I will do this. And then it, like not that long later, we find the same person because He's not that close to Jesus anymore because Jesus is up there about to be nailed to a cross. His proximity from Jesus has is kind of grew. He's further away from Jesus and already he's starting to fear. And already he's starting to get anxious. And already he's worried about what his friends will think. And already he's worried about what strangers will think. And there's a girl there that day and she is a slave. And somebody, like she is a, she's like the lowest of the low. And she looks at him and she said, are you not one of those Jesus followers and he's like no like no and he's aggressively no I'm not no I'm not like literally like half a day ago he's trying to chop ears off but now he's like defend like he's ashamed and he's afraid to tell a slave girl that he follows Jesus do we think Jesus knew that do we think if Peter who walked and talked with Jesus in the flesh lives his life like that that we're any better But then we see the same Peter in a room in Acts 2 and the Holy Spirit fills the room and fills all of them. And that same Peter steps out that front door of that building to 3,000 people and he preaches the gospel to 3,000 people. The guy who wouldn't speak to a slave girl, 3,000 people preaches the gospel they all get saved he baptizes them all in front of everybody what happened 
encounter with the Holy Spirit. He knew that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus' words were, that he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it transformed him. And we get invited to the same experience. We do. We all get invited to the same experience. Paul writes to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. There's no such thing as like a a junior Holy Spirit. There isn't a Holy Spirit for the adults and one for the teenagers and one for the kids. He's just the Holy Spirit. And we get invited to an experience with him. Because we all know people that need Jesus. And I don't want any of us to step back into our families and our friends and our situations, however good or bad they might look, with just some head knowledge. I want us to step in full of the Holy Spirit. Knowing that everything could be different. You might have came here and feel a bit like Peter, afraid, talking to that slave girl, afraid. You could leave here as the Peter that stands in front of 3,000 people and preaches the gospel. Because it was just an encounter with the Holy Spirit that did it. It was the power of God. And so tonight, the call's already there for us to go make disciples of all nations. But tonight, I wonder what it would look like if we just waited for a moment and invited the Holy Spirit. Say, would you come fill me? Would you come fill me? Would you come fill me? First time I ever remember having an encounter with the Holy Spirit, I was 16. Someone had preached somewhere about this baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I didn't know what it meant, really. I didn't, it's like, that sounds, sounds cool, it sounds fun. Didn't know that much. I still wasn't that much further on than Jesus, if you're real, I'll follow you, but here we are. And what happened that night was we were in England, actually, in a place called Scarborough. Like a little seaside place. Well, we were there in some church. And one of my friends, he had been for the last two days praying in this language that I didn't know. I didn't understand. I thought he was losing his mind. And then someone, the pastor in the church said, hey, would one of the young people like to come up and tell their story about what Jesus has done in their life? And so he gets up and starts to tell about this encounter that he had had with the Holy Spirit. And what God had done in his life. And then the pastor said, can I pray for you, son? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he put his hand on him and he starts to pray and my friend just like fell over. Is he okay? Is, he, is everything okay? Is What's happening? And so I'm like standing up and I'm like, what's going on? Didn't really understand. And then the pastor said, hey, if you'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I'd love to pray with you too. I didn't know what it was, but I just knew my friend had something that I didn't have and I wanted it. And so I walked up to the front and I stood there and he looked at me and he said, how can I pray for you, son? I says, I don't know, like, however you want. I, I don't know why I'm here. And he prayed for me that night. And you know, I encountered the Holy Spirit in such a powerful way before that week. I was afraid, like lots of my friends didn't know I was a Christian. I'd been following Jesus for six months and nobody knew. Didn't tell anybody. And you see, within a matter of days, I was like in the middle of prayer. I was like hands on people, praying for people, like 
who wants to share about something Jesus did, me, who wants to stand up on the beach and preach about Jesus, me, I want to do it, I want to go straight home, like I'm just buzzing to get home, to get into my school, to start telling people about Jesus and what he's done, and all that happened was just an encounter with the Holy Spirit that I maybe didn't even fully understand, but God knows that, and he takes us on a journey with it, and he took me on a real journey with it, and now it's, I got some moments, like I said to the guys earlier, I'm like, I just want to know him more, I just want to experience him more, I just want more I, I, I want to I want to know the Holy Spirit and I want all of us and I want you to know the Holy Spirit because it will transform your life I don't care where you're from I don't care what you've done I don't care where you've been I don't care what's going on well I do care about those things but for the sake of this response <laughs> none of that matters in this moment because none of us are earning anything this is a gift from God. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Tonight's going to be our waiting moment. We're going to experience the presence of God. God's going to fill a bunch of you with the Holy Spirit. And your life is never going to be the same. And so why don't we close our eyes? And we're just going to wait. that night when I encountered the Holy Spirit I didn't know anything other than the fact I just wanted more of God I genuinely didn't know anything other than I just want more of God and so we're going to pray tonight for some people But like I said at the start, the Holy Spirit won't come where he isn't wanted and he isn't welcomed. We can come, we can pray for you, but if you're not willing to just say, God, I want more of you. And welcome the Holy Spirit yourself. We just want more of you, God. We just want more of you. I'm going to ask you just in these moments, in 
again, it's not about anyone else around you. This is your moment. If you're willing to pray a prayer like that, like I prayed that night, I just want more of you, God. But also understanding that it isn't really about us anyway. It's about everybody else, but God encounters us in these moments. And if your prayer is, I just want more of you, God. Then what I want you to do as the rest of the band begin to come, I want you just as quietly as you can, just to stand up onto your feet. I'm going to pray for you. you to forget about everyone else around you don't you can listen to my words to help guide you a bit but it's you and Jesus why don't you talk to him just say I want to know you more I want to know you more I want to know you more the Bible says those that are hungry and thirsty they'll be filled hungry and I'm thirsty that looks like something that looks like something it might mean that in these moments you'll lift your hands and you'll just begin to pray it might mean that as leaders come around and pray for some of you some of you guys that are standing up leaders if you can take a quick snapshot of who's sort of standing up around you we're going to pray for some people I believe when you're filled with the Holy Spirit that God will in some way empower your speech all right either you'll be bolder to evangelize or you'll prophesy or you'll speak in tongues and I really feel like tonight that some of you are going to speak in tongues for the first time it's not the goal tongues isn't a mark of who's a better Christian or who's not all of the gifts are to serve the church But let me take the awkward out of you for a second for you. You'll feel like you're being silly. You'll feel like you're making it up. You'll feel like this nonsense coming out of your mouth. You'll feel like it's just you. But I want you to go with it. It's only you and him. You won't have a language. You won't have even full words. It's like when a baby starts to talk, it's just like sounds. Like when a baby starts to talk, it's like gaga, da da. It's like one syllable. But then as they go with it, they begin to learn to talk. And it's been the same. My journey with tongues was like that. And lots of people's journey with tongues was like that. They just went with what God was giving them in the moment. And some of you, your heart's pounding right now because you know that it's you and you can feel the presence of God. And I want you to embrace that as the band or going to lead us through some worship I want you to embrace that I want you to go with the leaders I want you to begin to pray for some of these guys that are standing that God will just fill them with the Holy Spirit some of you in this moment you're going to cry 
and that's okay. Some of you are going to need to kneel, and that's okay. Because it's you and it's him. These moments are for you. And so if you're saying tonight, God, would you fill me? Why would you lift? Why don't you lift your hands as the leader starts to grind? I'm going to pray for you from here first. Why don't you lift your hands up? Because hunger looks like something, and thirst looks like something. And we're not worried about the people around us anymore. I'll count to three and we're all going to lift our voice. If you're praying for someone, I want you to begin to lift your voice and pray for them. If you're standing and you want the Holy Spirit, I want you to begin to lift your voice and invite him. And just even if you don't even know what to say, just say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. So I'm going to count to three and you're going to begin to lift your voice. One, two, three. Come on, all of us. More of you, God. More of you, God. More of you, God. More of you, God.